0: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Revoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: It's time for a Philly's Talk podcast with Rich Baxter and Matt Veazey talking all about Joe Girardi. The Phillies in 2020 And who the Phillies need to add To make this a great pitching rotation Hello and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk It's the first off-season show of 2019 as we wait for the 2020 season, my name is Rich Baxter, and I'm joined with Matt Vizi. How you doing, Matt?
1: Rich, good. How you doing this evening?
0: Not bad at all. Not bad at all. We we've, we've talked a few days ago about some things that we're going to talk about on the show, and uh, had a dry run through, so to speak. And uh, we have some changes on the Phillies.
1: Yeah, we've got a new manager uh, within the last you know week or so. Uh... He's hired a new pitching coach now and hunts on for the hitting coach. So uh, pieces are starting to come together.
0: Yes, they are. They're coming together nicely after uh, narrowing down the choices to uh, Girardi and a couple of other guys who we we called a little long in the tooth for this team. Uh, They finally settled on Girardi, and I'm so glad they did.
1: Yeah, they were you know, all along, they were going to go with a guy who had experience. There was some talk uh, among some of the fans. Maybe they should look at a guy like Dusty Wathin, but uh, Wathin's a really good baseball man. I think he's going to make a good manager some, sometime, somewhere, for somebody, but this wasn't his time, at least not with this team. Uh, the Phillies, especially John Middleton, wanted a manager with a name recognition, wanted a manager who had experience, especially winning experience. And as you said, uh, there were a handful, less than a handful of candidates, Girardi, as well as Dusty Baker and Buck Showalter. And each of those two guys had 20-plus years of big league managerial experience and certainly have name cachet. But it was Girardi who won out in the end. Um, he He has a number of interesting ties to the Phillies over the years. And as we all know, he guided the Yankees to the world series championship in 2009 over the Phillies, the infamous, uh, Middleton comment after that of, I want my bleeping trophy back. So, uh, you know, maybe Middleton had a little bit of the can't beat them, you know, join them mentality. Bob brings in the guy that took his bleeping trophy. So hopefully he'll get it back.
0: Yes, indeed. And, uh, Somebody that Bryce Harper knows very well, of course, Dusty Baker was in the running for this, and I'm kind of surprised. Uh, Baker still wants to get into the managerial work here. Uh, 70 years old now, uh, his real name's Johnny B. Uh, Johnny B. Dusty Baker is what his uh, name is, but uh, I just couldn't see the Phillies having him. In the dugout, although you never know, a veteran leadership like him and been around the game, his family's in the game, that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm glad they got Girardi anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm certainly no ageist, but uh, of the three of those, Girardi has uh has that idea of age in his favor. He's the youngest, I believe he just turned maybe fifty-five or fifty years of age. Uh, I think it was 55 just uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Show Walter, I believe is in his low 60s and Baker as you said you know up around uh, seven decades now. So uh, Girardi certainly is the kind of guy who if things work out here could be here for a long time.
0: Yes indeed. Uh, I can't wait for the season to start. We were talking a little bit about before the show, uh, we're about 144 some odd days away, 143 to opening day, and a lot sooner than that till training camp opens. It just seems like we were talking about on our our dry run through. Uh, the holidays come. You you have Thanksgiving. Your Christmas is next, and then New Year's, and then before you know it, you know by You know, a couple weeks after that, it's time for baseball again.
1: Yeah, we, you know, obviously, you know, the World Series just ended this past week. So it's supposed to be that kind of break period for baseball. But for, you know, hardcore baseball fans, purists, uh, people like you and I who follow the game, follow the team all year round, there's never really too much of a, a lull Uh, Right now, you have the interesting, you know, if you are uh, a real baseball fan, you have an interesting international tournament going on, the Premier 12 tournament, in which uh, Team USA has taken part. In fact, Girardi was supposed to have managed Team USA in that Premier 12 tournament, and on being hired by the Phillies, uh, had to turn it down, I believe Scott Brocious took over the job, and... The, our new pitching coach uh, was going to be the pitching coach of Team USA. Now, I should have looked into this, but I—I I meant to and I didn't—to uh, see whether or not we were going to have uh, Brian Price still as the pitching coach of Team USA. Uh, he's now been hired as the Phillies' pitching coach. So, you know, we have that international tournament going on that lasts for a couple of weeks. That's going to get us within shouting range. I believe the GM meetings happen uh, right around the end of that period or during that period. And then you have the winter meetings about two weeks later. Uh, The winter meetings will take us, you know, then through that period, all the rumors that that are involved in the winter meetings are going to take us through that Thanksgiving-Christmas period. Then the, the year will turn and we'll start looking forward to spring training.
0: Yes, we will. And as we experienced this morning, as we're recording this podcast, we had to turn the clocks back. And that's when uh, winter usually starts happening for me, when it gets dark out at 4.30, 5 o'clock. And, you know, it's just uh, those long winter nights, so to speak. Plenty of time to study baseball and uh, look for news, as you said, on the Phillies. That sort of thing. And we had Jake Arrieta, no surprise here. He exercises his $20 million option for 2020 with the Phillies just a couple of days ago as well.
1: Yeah, as you say, that's no surprise. Certainly in the open market, nobody was going to, based on his health and his performance over the last two years, nobody was going to give Jake Arrieta $20 million for next year. And certainly, he would have been a long shot to get any kind of multi-year deal from anybody. So it's smart move for Arietta to re-up with the Phillies, earn 20 more million dollars guaranteed, and possibly, you know, best case scenario for both the team and for him, have him come back healthy, prove that he's healthy, prove that he can still uh, help a team. And then, uh, you know, maybe he'll go into free agency next year if he can put together a good, full, healthy season. Would have shot at another contract. So it was a no-brainer. Like you said, uh, the Phillies, I'm sure, certainly planned that this was the case. Uh, The fans, whether they're happy about it or not, should have, you know, seen this coming. So uh, all along we knew Aaron Nola and Jake Arrieta were probably the two, given health, or the two obvious members of the starting rotation in 2020 at this point.
0: Yeah, and he didn't pitch all that terribly uh, during the year. I know you were uh, picking up for him a lot uh, early on in the season, right into the middle of the season, where I was more critical of him. But thinking back now, the Phillies didn't always play that well when he was on the mound. They weren't scoring a lot of runs for him. Um, trying to make a few excuses for him, but uh, we all wish we would have got the Jake Arrieta from a few years ago.
1: Yeah, he's past his prime now, and and the Phillies got him past his prime. But I think that they hoped for a little more than they've gotten. The last certainly, you know, paying him sixty million dollars over three years. I think that they were hoping that they would get, you know, I'd say a number two type starter. Uh, a guy who give them innings, even if he wasn't a Cy Young caliber pitcher anymore, and uh, the combination of health, uh, and I think health has probably been his biggest bugaboo. Uh, that that's really kept him from being an effective number two, three type starter. Uh, as you said, I was uh, I defended him, but that was based on he, his start this year. He really did begin the year. Uh, pitching very well. In fact, he was pitching very well through middle towards the end of May. Maybe his first six, seven, eight starts certainly, um, and and that's right around the, t- the time that the team started to level off and then fall apart. And certainly the cumulative effect of all their pitching injuries and other nonsense, uh, thinking Odubel Herrera's situation. The the combination of the injuries and the other situations, uh, just ultimately, uh, there was a lot of uh, attrition there on the roster. And I think that it wore, wore on the team as the season went along. So uh, Arietta, no surprise, as you said, coming back. It'll be Nolan, Arietta and it's the other three spots that are up for grabs in the rotation. I think that are going to go a long way towards determining whether we have a postseason Phillies team in 2020.
0: Absolutely, and we saw the Washington Nationals pull off an amazing victory uh, in Game 7 of the World Series, or a thrilling series this year. Kept you glued to the television. It went back and forth. Only World Series, apparently, where every team uh, was the away team that won games.
1: Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Uh, just kept waiting for one of these home teams to ride the momentum of their home fans and that, that excitement, I mean, that's usually what happens. You know, a team gets jacked up by their home team. Now, you have to consider, it's always a possibility because, you know, there's always, if you make it to the World Series, you have a quality ball club. So there was talk going into and at times during this series that the Houston Astros were – yeah, you know, they were gonna. They they were overwhelming favorites, and that the Nationals were some type of underdog. And for me, I predicted in, before the season, I picked the Nationals to win the World Series, and prior to the World Series, I predicted that the Nationals would win in seven games, which they did. I'm not claiming to be uh, some kind of clairvoyant, but I did get it right, and I think that I will claim. What I will claim is uh, a knowledge and and a a view on the Nationals ball club that they were, even with the loss of Bryce Harper coming into the season, they were a really good ball club. They signed Patrick Corbin last year as a starting pitcher, which the Phillies could have done. They had him in here, had his name and picture up on the scoreboard. He certainly would have been a huge help for the Phillies in trying to reach the postseason for their starting rotation, but. He slots in behind Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg in Washington, and they had Anibal Sanchez as well, who gives them a really nice season. And uh, the Nationals had that quality starting pitching almost every day. Uh, you add that to the fact that they had talented youngsters like Juan Soto coming in to replace Harper in the outfield, and it was uh, it wasn't really hard to predict that the Nationals would. Uh, Be be a World Series, I predicted them to win it. It was a little bit of a stretch, but I I, I wanted to highlight the fact that they were still a really good ball club and people were overlooking them, looking at the Braves, looking at the Phillies with Bryce Harper. Uh, And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the aftermath of their World Championship now that Strasburg has opted out of his contract. uh, He'll be a free agent. There's been some talk that... Washington's going to try to renegotiate those uh, years with him and that, that deal and, you know, bring him back much in, uh, if, in the way if you've been paying attention to the last couple of days news. Uh, the Yankees organized, uh, rearranged Araldus Chapman's deal uh, to give him an extra year. So Strasburg could end up back in Washington, but he's right now he's on the free agent market and he adds – Another quality arm along with Garrett Cole that somebody like the Phillies could be after. So uh, the Nationals did a great job in winning that World Series. They were never a big underdog in my mind. A very talented ball club, but it's going to be interesting to see their offseason, especially in lieu of Strasburg and their star third baseman Anthony Rendon now being free agents.
0: Yes, and it would be nice to see the Phillies pick up Strasburg. They offloaded a few heavy contracts that they had with relief pitchers uh, this offseason so far. So they freed up some more capital to go after a pitcher like Strasburg. 31 years of age already. He got, he got kind of old as a pitcher fast. I remember him when he first came up into the league and very surprised that he would want to leave the Nationals. I know that, you know, it's all all about money and how much money you can earn for your career he's walking away from a four-year hundred million dollar left on his uh, contract with washington Uh, it's kind of amazing to me you know when they win the world series like that does he think they have a good chance to repeat next year and evidently you know money is more important, or maybe his agent advised him to leave, but I sort of would like the Phillies to have him.
1: Well, his agent is Scott Boris, so uh, you know the deal there. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> Boris believes he can certainly can get more money, and, and he's a hot commodity. I mean, he's coming off, he led the National League, I believe, in innings pitched. Certainly his uh, his his best overall season, he was the had a f- tremendous postseason. I believe he went 5-0 or 6-0. Becomes the World Series most valuable player. So he's certainly going to be easy to shop for a guy like Boris. The, 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 the little bit of frightening thing for me, certainly there's no questioning Steven Strasburg's talent and ability. And even at his age, you know, starting to enter his 30s now, if that's all there is to it, then you would assume he's still got at least two or three really good, healthy seasons left in him. Uh, the concern for me would be something that we saw here in Philadelphia in 2009 with Cole Hamels, who similarly uh, had a strong season, had an awesome postseason, went five and zero in the postseason, uh, had a shot at going six and zero, but he, you know, that we had that rain uh, issue in Game Five of the World Series and was the World Series as well as NLCS Most Valuable Player. So Cole Hamill's riding high after 2008, and then I won't say he crashed in 2009, but he certainly took a step back. And whether it was the banquet circuit, if you will, or whether it was the the extra, you got to remember, if your team wins the World Series and you're pitching all the way through it, You've just played and pitched through a a full extra month more than anybody else did. So that's going to have some wear and tear. And with a guy like Strasburg, who has had injury problems in the past, he's had Tommy John in the past, uh, my concern with Strasburg would be the wear and tear aspect of it. So it'll be interesting. He's going to be a very interesting case. Somebody's going to give him money. Uh, and somebody's going to give him years. Uh, it's going to be a big roll of the dice, too, though. So uh, pitching is uh, it's, it, pitching is very shaky. You know, it's very shady as far as you know giving people big money for a lot of years. But Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg are about as good and about as hot uh, a duo. As you could get out there on the free agent market, just at a time when teams like the Phillies, the Yankees, big spenders with the money to spare and the money to spend and the willingness both to spend and the belief that they, this is what they need uh, to push them over the top. Uh, these kind of guys are coming into free agency right when teams like the Phillies and Yankees need them. So it's going to be very interesting. And the Phillies and Yankees won't be the only teams bidding on these guys. You know, the San Diego Padres are looking for a veteran to lead their rotation. Uh, teams like their their old teams, Houston, Washington, they're going to be in the mix. Uh, the Angels are looking to finally get uh, Mike Trout some help and uh, get, get him to the postseason. So there are going to be some really interesting uh, free agent situations going on, especially with those guys and uh, adding in Rendon. Absolutely, and you mentioned the
0: Yankees. How about the NL East rival New York Mets with hiring Carlos Beltran as their manager? Uh, previously, had interviewed for uh, Yankees uh, managerial job, but uh, Beltran's going to be new on the bench. It's amazing that uh, the Mets went with a guy like Beltran.
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you never know how it's going to work out. I mean, he could end up being a revelation, but I'm kind of glad that they went that way. I, I I don't like the hiring myself. It's not the way that I would have went. Uh, I think that they may have went the Beltran route for any number of reasons that weren't necessarily um, baseball managerial, best choice uh, reasons, but he's a, he's a borderline Hall of Fame candidate and that's going to be an interesting situation. Well, when his name comes up for vote for the hall of fame, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles New York. The Mets have been very, very dysfunctional now for the better part of a decade or more. Uh, number of times, you know, they looked like they had a contending team and things happen, you know, whether they were injuries or multiple injuries, whether they were, you know, just uh, poor management decisions. The, the Mets just always seem to underperform in the end. So uh, that it was an interesting hire. We'll see how it works out for them.
0: Yes, indeed. And of course, the Phillies losing Gabe Kapler after only a couple of seasons at the helm last year. Interestingly enough, though, um, just in the last couple of days as well. Uh, Stories about the overall attendance with the Phillies uh, increasing 26% on the year uh, compared to the first year with Kapler at the helm. But uh, Phillies fans seems like they were hanging on to something last year, and they didn't really desert this team. Averaged uh, 33,672 fans per game, up from 26,644.
1: Well, you know, how Rich, a lot of that was the preseason hype, you know, when you had, especially when you had Harper sign. Uh, and in all honesty, I jumped back in. My wife and I were season ticket holders for a number of years and had actually given our season tickets up in maybe around 2014, when it became fairly obvious that the team was deteriorating. And had a year's uh, long rebuilding program ahead of them. And just didn't seem to have any. They just didn't seem to be making good decisions. And didn't seem to have any uh, desire to make it a quick turnaround. So we got out of the game. We jumped back in this year. And we we got back in with season tickets. With a season ticket plan. So I know a lot of Phillies fans did the same thing. And there was a huge bump up as far as uh, the season ticket sales go. Uh, per game, ticket sales you know, went way up. So it doesn't surprise me at all that their overall attendance numbers were up. But I think that's a little bit misleading as far as the averages go. You didn't see a lot of really big crowds towards the end. And, and by towards the end, I mean really over the last full month of the season. Uh, I believe they probably only had something along the lines of three or four, maybe four or five tops, 30,000-plus uh, crowds during the entire month of September. Uh, they only beat 40,000 one time. So, uh, and that was they had 40,000 and 39,000 for two games against the Red Sox, which are always big draws. Uh, there's, a, there's a large Boston fan contingent here in Philly and you get a lot of the Red Sox fans who come down for those games. So you know, outside of games like that and the, uh, the final game of the season, which is always a 30,000 plus crowd because it's a big giveaway day, the uh, you know, fan appreciation day where they give away trips and things like that. Uh, aside from that, they only had two games all month. Where it even hit the thirty thousand mark, and one of those was way back on the first. Uh, so you know this is a this is a team, you know, an organization that, as the team faded out of the playoffs, you didn't see those kind of crowds anymore, and that should be that should be a, a, a cautionary tale for Middleton. You you spent money and you improved the lineup and you brought in legitimate star type guys real Muto uh, McCutcheon and of course Harper and the fans responded well now the you did have it turns out you did have warts still that kept you out of the postseason and that's specifically your pitching staff now it's Middleton and, that, and I think Middleton learned a, a strong lesson from last year your team is on the verge you've got a 500 ball club right now you're on the verge of pushing to the postseason, you need top quality pitching to get there and to beat out teams like the Braves and the Nationals, who are talented, have talented young rosters. Middleton has to spend the kind of money to bring in the kind of star power starting pitchers that he brought in to the lineup last year, and we're talking the top of the market guys, Garrett Cole. Steven Strasburg, one, both, you know, one of those guys plus a a secondary type guy who the fans would respond to who could still help, like somebody like a Cole Hamels possibly. So two pitchers, one of them an ace caliber guy, one of the 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 other one at very least uh, a strong veteran who can, you know, be a, a number two, three type starter. That's the mission for Middleton this year, and if he he fulfills that mission, you're going to see your fans respond again, and there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm around the team. There's going to be a lot of excitement entering spring training, and you're going to see uh, the fans respond, I believe, again with increased ticket sales.
0: Yep, and the Phillies were an anomaly amongst MLB teams. They uh, finished 10th overall. total attendance last year, but they had the largest uh, fan increase of any team uh, with the previous year. So the Phillies doing well at the box office, and I guess Bryce Harper and his uh, Phillies debut year had a lot to do with it. Apparently, they sold 100,000 tickets in February in one day uh, when Harper joined the Phillies. Uh, A lot of... A lot of hype around that, and talking about Harper a little bit, how do you think his season went for him uh this year his first season as a Philly?
1: I think he had a fantastic first season with the phillies uh certainly no no disappointment to me at all he He did go into a a a prolonged slump at one point there, which uh people started to question you know the signing a little bit, and there were some uh you know outside sources scoffing at it but You know, in the end, uh, Harper, all year long, first of all, for six months, he busted it. Uh, Whether that was to say, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, here's what you signed me for. uh, You know, I'm going to prove my worth. He was busting it, and, and he played phenomenal defense. He's a gold glove finalist, and it's legitimate. If you watched him all year, he played a fantastic right field for the Phillies. His offensive numbers, he ended up hitting, his slash line was 263, 372, 510. Well, that batting average could certainly come up 20 points or more. You know, I would like to see Harper hitting more like in the 280, 290 range, and he's capable of that. But uh, as a slugger type, uh, he hit 35 homers. He had 72 extra base hits. As we said, his slugging percentage was at 510. His on-base percentage was still high at 372. Uh, These are right around his career marks. He's got a 512 career slugging percentage. This year, he slugged 510. He's got a 385 career on-base percentage. He was at 372 this year, so not far below it. He, like I said, had 71 extra base hits. He uh, drove in... uh, 114 runs he scored 98 runs so to me Harper had a fantastic if you combine those offensive numbers 35 homers 72 extra base hits 114 RBI 15 steals 98 runs scored uh you combine those with gold glove caliber defense a uh, brace Harper had he, he was certainly the least i i won't say that he was the least of their problems he wasn't a problem uh, the Phillies had a number of problems that kept them out of the postseason this year. None of those was named Bryce Harper.
0: Yeah, and it didn't seem like he was saying, hey, I'm going to carry this Phillies team. He was pitching in and, and doing his part. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, a lot of people were waiting for Hoskins to jump on board with this. And they they did have a brief period of, you know, a combination there for a week or two weeks, maybe where they both got hot at the same time. But it didn't last with uh, Hoskins, anyway, uh, getting hot. Um, it seems like after Andrew McCutcheon left the team and then the Oduble, uh incident, uh, the team went on a different path for sure. But, uh, of course, 2020 is going to be a new year. It's going to be a new season for them. And with a new manager, it'll be interesting to see what kind of start they have on the season and uh, how they do next year for sure. And as you said, a lot more fans are are getting back uh, on the bandwagon, so to speak, jumping back into the game again. And uh, coming up in the next week now, now it's the off season, we have the awards season coming up, and that's always a good time uh, to see some players getting recognized the uh mlb uh all-star you know uh best player of the league best pitcher best manager all that will be coming up uh this week i believe and i can't wait for that
1: yeah you'll be rolling out your mvp cy young you know rookie of the year manager of the year you know candidates and then uh the winners will be announced and uh, before you know it, we'll be you know, talking about Hall of Fame uh, f- uh, nominees and the uh, Veterans Committee uh, Hall of Fame honoree. We, we'll have uh, Dick Allen. Uh, we'll have another shot this year. So there are some interesting things. Uh, you're not going to see the Phillies involved in any of those annual awards other than the three players, uh, Aaron Nola, Bryce Harper, and JT Realmuto, nominated for Gold Glove Awards. So I think they're the only Phillies that you'll see with any uh, shot at any kind of individual award. Uh, and But the, the Dick Allen Hall of Fame situation will be an interesting to watch. And, of course, uh, the Phillies' pursuit of, of pitching, especially in free agency, and you, you may see them go after a, a guy like a Rendon or go after an outfielder. Uh, center field is certainly a position that is of interest to me to see how they're going to handle it for 2020.
0: Yeah, they have a uh, tall task ahead of them to figure that out. And I like the the award season. seems like they have new companies sponsoring the award season. Uh, Rawlings used to be uh, associated with the pitching award. Now it looks like Wilson is coming on with the defensive player of the year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the companies involved in this uh, this year as they announce those. And we'll be talking about those folks in next podcast, the winners. And who could you uh, say might be manager of the year for uh, the NL in 2019?
1: This year? You're talking about this this past year in baseball? Yeah. Who was the National League's manager of the year? Yeah, well, who would... Nope. It would be be really difficult not to give it to Davey Martinez. I mean, if you consider, you know, the Nationals were a dozen games under 500 at the end of May. And his team ends up rallying to win 93 games. They were the best team in the National League over the last five months by pretty much a wide margin. They they uh, closed from a, a deep double digits gap down to four games by the time the season was over. In the NL East, and of course they they go on to win the World Series. Now the voting for these awards takes place before the postseason, but I think he I think he earned it before we even got to that point. Um, I think another strong candidate could be Mike Schult, who was uh, the manager with the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't think I think there were a lot of teams that didn't see the Cardinals as a division championship team. This year, uh, there was a lot of talk about the Cubs, about the Brewers, and uh, the Cardinals come up with yet another division title. So uh, he could get it. Uh, Atlanta won 97 games. uh, So Brian Snicker is certainly going to get support there. Uh, So it would surprise me if it didn't come from that Dave Martinez, Brian Snicker, Mike Schilt group. And I still would have to make, even though the postseason wasn't included in the voting, I'd make Martinez the favorite. Of course, the Dodgers won 106 games and led uh, the National League by nine games. And so, you know, you would think that Dave Roberts would, you know, be a favorite and he'll get some support. But I also have to think that you have to factor in that the Dodgers won like six or seven straight West division grounds. They were a favorite from day one. They had a tremendous roster going in. So there's an argument that, you know, they were almost a plug-and-play team. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily true. You know, Dave Roberts certainly did a nice job with the Dodgers, and he has since he's been there. But I I would say Dave Martinez with the Nationals, if you put me on the spot.
0: Yeah, and if you went over to the American League, you'd probably be looking at – Uh, The Twins manager, first-year manager, Rocco Baldelli, uh, probably a a contestant. Twins were doing pretty good there for a while. Uh, Also mentioned in that same breath, Aaron Boone, uh, possibly. And then you have the uh, Astros manager as well, if you wanted to go with that, with their return to the World Series and all. Um, It's going to be interesting to see who they pick.
1: Yeah, and, who, uh, Kevin Cash with the Rays has to be has to be mentioned as well. You're talking about a Tampa Bay team that won 96 games, uh, with the with the payroll restrictions that they have there, and the ballpark restrictions and the fan lack of support, if you will, that they have there, uh, to get the that Rays team in that really tough American League East to a 96 win level. I mean, that's that was a phenomenal season by them. But I I, I would have to say the first name you mentioned there, uh, Rocco Baldelli, that Minnesota Twins team, which was talented coming in. I thought that they had a real good shot to contend for a wild card, but they were hot from day one, and they won that division over a really good Cleveland Indians team by eight games, won 101 games. So I think Rocco Baldelli has to be the the hands on hands-down favorite at this point.
0: Yeah, and of course this year, uh, as the season ended and the World Series started, I believe there was a huge uh snowstorm in the midwest uh coming across the country so uh interesting to see how that would have played out with oh, a for uh, <laughs> the
1: World Series, you know, like so, maybe uh, I saw earlier this week, uh, yeah, I saw earlier this week I don't know if you saw that they had uh, It was the day of game, I want to say game six, maybe, or maybe game seven. But I think it was game six of the World Series earlier in the week. And Colorado had snow on the ground. They had pictures from Coors Field. I don't think, I don't know that they could have played. And it was like multiple days. Like the Colorado Rockies, you're playing games in Denver, Colorado in late October in, in, at all in October, without a dome, without an indoor facility, that just seems like a recipe for disaster for me someday. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I, I always hope, I saw this happen with the Phillies. The Phillies played the, the Rockies in the 2009, I think it was the NLDS, and they had a game that was actually snowed out in the NLDS. Uh, that, you know, that showed me, right? that's early October. So, you know, you start, the, you start, you're playing with, well, you're playing with fire, you're playing with ice, you know, if you, Major League Baseball is with that situation. But I don't, I don't, I don't see any resolution. There's, I don't, haven't heard any talk of them building an indoor facility. I think they're going to roll the dice and hope that if the Rockies ever get there, they'll just pray for, you know, some 40 degree nights. Because you know that Major League Baseball isn't going to play the games during the day when it's warm, you know. Allegedly warm, you know. We're talking about in the 40s in Colorado during that period. They're going to play them at night, like they always do. So you're going to be talking about baseball games being played in the 30s. That's your more likely than any than not situation.
0: Yes, indeed. We'll have to see if that should happen uh, next year or in the next several years. It'd be very interesting indeed. Um. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find your writings on the web and find you on the web, Matt?
1: Sure. I'm uh, always you know, available at my website. That's mattveasy.com. It's M A T T V E A S E Y, mattveasy.com. You can just Google Matt Veasy uh, and I'll, t- I'll pop up or go to mattbz.com. And I'm writing most days. It's almost always about baseball, not always. Uh, almost always about the Phillies, but not always. Sometimes I'll touch on uh, other topics, political, social, religious, all, all kinds of topics, but mostly about baseball and mostly about the Phillies. And then uh, you can get me through my uh, Twitter feed. It's at Matthew Veazey, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, and then the last name, V-E-A-S-E-Y. So at Matthew Veazey on Twitter, my website, com and right here on your That's, podcast that sounds great and you can also
0: link to matt's writings right from com, which is the home for the podcast many years now uh let me see how many years it's been uh going on the 14th year for 2020 believe it or not since uh the podcast started so uh and the website so a lot of years in here how many years
1: is that rich how many years
0: I believe this will be the 14th.
1: 14. I'm trying to think of how many Phillies managers that is. There so you go <laughs> 14 years, they go back to 05. So do we still have Boa then or have you got Charlie already?
0: Well, I'm counting for 2020. So um yeah, okay. it goes goes way back to about 06 is when All the right. first first
1: Phillies talk started I I a but... number. Charlie McKinnon, <laughs> Sandberg. Oh yeah. Appler we're probably everybody, up to like sixth manager now.
0: Yeah, everybody had just moved from from the vet over to the new stadium. I call it new. Now It's it's yeah. been there for a number of years, but yeah. still love that stadium. I like it a whole lot better oh, it's than veteran Stadium. It's,
1: it'll, be, it'll be the 17th year next year, believe it or not.
0: That is hard to believe. I can still I...
1: remember my wife and I going there for the first time. I can still remember we had lower level seats. We took a picture, uh, you know, with the big news the, at the time, the big new scoreboard behind us. And uh, I still recall that game, but 17 years, it'll be next year.
0: Yeah, wow. It's amazing how fast uh, time goes by, especially when you look at it at baseball seasons like that. Uh, just hard to believe, but uh, still a great venue for baseball, much better than uh, the vet was too cavernous you were too far away from the field uh, so we have a lot of things to be thankful for here and uh, we'll talk to you all soon after the award season here and maybe some hot stove action heating up thanks for listening to the podcast don't forget hit subscribe visit our websites check us out on twitter because we're here all year long matt you have a great one and i'll talk to you next
1: show you too rich take care and go phil's